Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, well, welcome back. Uh, welcome back, and uh, Eric, we're back for the second recording here of Lesson 4 of the Gospel for the Church. I'm so excited about this book in, in its entirety. <clears throat> I don't believe I've ever read a book that has so much good news in it, <laughs> and I'm thankful for it. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, it's just so wonderful to be able to to help in any way we can, you know, and that the church might rediscover the power of the cross and the beauty and wonder of Jesus's death and resurrection, how this is the message that the church is to deliver to its people inside the church and out into the world. And it's the message of good news and the message of power. So we just love to talk about it. So I'm delighted to be back with you. Uh, Eric, you said that we're to deliver this message inside the church as well as to take to the world. Now, a lot of times we think the gospel is for unbelievers. It's for those who need to get saved. Um, why would you say that this message is to be taken to the church? Well, the church already knows it. The church has already been saved. Why are we pressing this message to believers? Well, because this is the message of power, right, to uh, unsaved people, for sure. But this is also continuous power uh, for those being saved in the sanctification process. We don't uh, that's how powerful Jesus's death and resurrection really is. It is for every day for the believer and likewise for the non-believer, for the non-believer that they would hear it for the first time, that they would believe it and experience uh, salvation, but also continue to experience uh, becoming a disciple of Christ, everyday living. I think you said it in our last podcast that it, the gospel uh, will permeate every area of your life. And that's so true. Every area of your life and mine and anyone else's that hears this message and believes it will be changed over time. So you can receive salvation instantaneously, but then there's the sanctification process where we're being transformed into his image. And this is just absolutely wonderful because this is the maturing process for the believer. And so we need the cross uh, every day. We need Jesus's resurrection power every day. And so uh, uh, that's, uh, that's the reason why the church needs to rediscover this power. Um, anyway, go ahead, Mike. Oh, that's important. Yeah, I was just going to say it's the message of salvation, for sure, but it's also the message of transformation, like mm -hmm. you said, for ongoing power. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus is the same power that mm -hmm. believers have to be raised out of the death of their sin, to be raised up out of the grave of their flesh, all, 
all these things. And so the gospel is to be our daily bread. Mm-hmm. It's to be like fresh manna. It's to God's mercies are new every morning. Uh, and the way we experience it is to hear once again this amazing news of how God has dealt with our sin and our old self and how we've been raised anew. You, uh, as we look here in the lesson four, um, you brought out the fact of Hebrews 2, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, flesh and blood, that through death, so here's the reason why he partook of flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. So this tells us, Eric, that Jesus took flesh and blood. Uh, he took a body like we have for the purpose of dying so that through his death, he might destroy the devil. And in so doing, he would deliver us. He would deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So he delivered us from lifelong slavery. Um, and then you apply it. And this is what I love about this book. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Um, Eric, this is the power of the gospel again. The good news comes to us that the evil one has been destroyed through the death of Jesus. Uh, so Jesus took the, the devil's own weapon, which was death, and destroyed him with it. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? <laughs> it, it really is. This is tremendous. Uh, we could probably spend the rest of our time just looking at this right here uh, because it just shows the incredible love of God. You know, that uh, Jesus would share in flesh and blood, <laughs> uh, partake us of the same things that, that through his death. So he was willing to come through his love for us. There was no hope for us. We were too weak and powerless to do anything about it, brother. We were stuck and enslaved in our sin, fearing death itself, in sin slavery, under its power, withheld in its grip. And, and Jesus would take on, <laughs> he would clothe himself in flesh and blood, clothe himself in our sin, that he might destroy, like you so wonderfully said, take Satan's own weapon and use it against him. Just absolutely stunning, wonderful love and grace and mercy poured out on the cross for us. And it's just so incredible that, uh, you know, look at the language. You must, you also must. It's imperative. Please look at the cross and see that you're dead to sin because Jesus put it to death for you to release you to have power over death, power over the enemy, power over sin. Uh, you must consider this. You, you must consider yourselves dead, but also you must consider yourselves alive, risen, free, forgiven, clothed in righteousness, and on and on we could go. And this is just, uh, just the best news I've heard today, and it's going to be the best news that I've heard tomorrow, and on and on for the rest of my life. Eric, I thought of two things as you were talking. The first one is, you know, David, when he fought Goliath, he threw a stone, slung a stone and knocked him over. But then he ran quickly and got the giant's own weapon 
that big sword and cut off giant's head with it. He used his own weapon to kill him. Uh, our shepherd from Bethlehem, the Lord Jesus, came and went to the cross, taking the giant enemy, the devil, his own weapon of death, and through death destroyed him. The second thing I thought of is, I love how you always connect the admonitions with the good news. In other words, we don't just come to people and tell them what to do. Hey, you must consider yourself dead. Uh, no, what you're doing is letting that flow from the good news that Jesus actually died for you. He was crucified in your place. He was your substitute who took your penalty, who took your sins on himself and died with them. Out of the overflow of that, now you too consider yourself dead. This is what I love, how you understand that every admonition, every commandment, every thou shalt is connected with what he did. Mm -hmm. Never separated. We aren't just uh, moralists. We aren't just Jewish rabbis coming to people and say, you need to do this. You need to do that. It always flows in the scripture. It always flows just as you're showing right here flows from the good news. Um, as we continue on here, and I don't, I don't want to rush through this. If I am, let's slow down. But um, just as we're looking at the next passage, uh, you use Colossians 3, 1 to 3, and you, you, you talk about um, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, for you died with Christ, your life is hidden with Christ in God. What power does it take for us to seek the things that are above. We, we come out of the womb, Eric, seeking the things that are below, uh, the things that are natural and temporary. What does it actually take for us to truly begin to seek the things that are above? Well, brother, just like we've spoken about this good news, it takes a death and resurrection, primarily the cross, right? It takes the cross, it takes the death of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ, that's the power. That's the setting. So then if you've died with him, you've raised with him, this is why the cross is continuous power. It's showing it right here. Uh, the resurrection of Christ is power to seek the things that are above. So it's not just a salvation message. This is how to live. This is how you to live after you die and rise with Christ. If then you've been raised with Christ, now that you're truly living, now that you've been born again, now that you've experienced this raising power, this death to sin, your old man buried in a tomb, and now that you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, where, the, where he's, he's finished his work and he's sat down. Set your minds, <laughs> right? So we seek the things that are above through death and resurrection power, and we're able to set our minds on things that are above, not on things of earth. Like you said, when we're born into this world, we don't have a choice. It is our minds are set on the things of the earth. Our minds are set on the things uh, of the flesh. But through death and resurrection power, we can seek the things above. Our minds uh, are, are set on the things above. And our lives are hidden. It's just so beautiful. Our lives are hidden. 
with Christ in God. You know, <clears throat> as you were talking, I just thought of the fact that this is such a miracle. Uh, it's a miracle when anyone's heart and minds are set on things above where Christ is seated. It's a miracle. Uh, and I love the fact that it's supernatural. Uh, it's not something you and I do. Um, you know, there's been the accusation for 100 years or more that certain Christians are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. But I think the reality is the opposite, that the majority of the church worldwide is so earthly minded they're of no value to the kingdom of God because their hearts and minds and speech is on the, the latest sports event or the latest, you know, the weather or the, their work or their car or their, you know, you name it, fill in the blank. Temporary, earthly uh, things. When the church is supposed to be otherworldly, right? We're supposed to, to be, we're, we are, as you quoted here, you're raised with Christ. You are seated with him at the right hand of God. Surely that would produce a different way of speaking and a way of living. And then if we were truly back on this earth and engaged in civil affairs and in temporary things. Um, and this is why I appreciate how you just said, this is power for living a new life, for thinking new thoughts. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we still live in this world, but our minds are not set on the things that we need to do as human beings. We, you know, we, we work and we fix cars and we do things, but our hearts have been so affected. Our hearts have been so changed that our life is really based upon getting this message out that others might experience the power of it. And, and I loved, brother, how you brought that together, that this is, this is the life uh, of living new creation. Uh, our minds are no longer in our hearts, our minds and our hearts together. We're no longer set. Uh, the value has changed. The value of the things of this world has been, it's been flipped. It's been swapped for the greater value of the kingdom of God like you said, and we just want the church worldwide to rediscover the power. You know, we don't want to send off somewhere else when someone is in need or, or needs counsel to the, to the world's methods, because the church, the church is supposed to have this precious message that, that can help uh, this person, uh, that it might be in, trapped in sin slavery. We don't want them to go down to a 12-step group when we have the powerful crucified Christ and his resurrection power to share. We want to see someone not coddled in their sin, but just see Jesus high and lifted up for them, being condemned, purchasing them making them new creations by the pouring out of his own blood, by the giving up of his own spirit. This is the only hope that someone trapped in sin has. You know, the power of the gospel reaching inward and then flourishing from in outward rather than the world's method of 
behavior modification or you know trying to think differently from the outward in it's just a completely different message and uh, i my hope my prayer uh, my life goal is to help in any way we just want to see the church rediscover the power brother and and more lives changed and more marriages uh, saved and reunited and and uh, you know so anyway well, and, and this heart change is what you talk about next. And I think it's so important what you just said, that we don't want to send people out the door and down the street. When We want to keep them in the church because that's where the power is. We don't want them to go learn about the chemical makeup of the brain and to go, you know, learn about the effects of their past and their pain and their parents. We want, we want them to experience the power. Mm. The power, the supernatural power. Eric, if somebody's in bondage to alcohol, if they are enslaved in sexual impurity of any kind, you know, it all takes different directions, any kind of sin, they need power. And this power is readily available to all who will turn and look at the cross and because what happens at the cross, and this is what you bring up next, is a circumcision. Now, a circumcision is a cutting off of the flesh. But the way it's used in Colossians 2 is a cutting off of our entire body of sin. Um, why, why, did you, why did you bring up Colossians 2 at this point, what is, what's the connection between us being crucified and raised with Christ and this circumcision that happened? Well, it's, it's important to see what happened there. It's important to see that this is a circumcision that goes deeper than man could ever do. This is a circumcision, as it says here, made without hands. Uh, this is a circumcision that puts off the complete body of flesh, like you just said. It's a cutting, and it's a putting to death. And, and this is totally contrary uh, to any other teaching the, the world or anybody else has. has. Uh, this is incredible. This is absolutely wonderful and good news once again. How can I put off this body of flesh? How can I get rid of this alcoholism or whatever? How can I get rid of this impurity? How can I get rid of anything? Well, this is where the body of flesh is, is put off. In other words, it's put to death. Because then it, it follows again. Uh, we know that it's a death, and it's the putting off of the body of flesh, because it says, having been buried with him in baptism. So you've died. If you believe this message, uh, then you've died. How does, how does it prove that? Because having been buried in verse uh, 12 with him in baptism in which you were also raised. Here we go again. Here's the other connection in which you were also raised with him through faith. And this is what we were talking about earlier, looking to the cross and believing that you enter in. Oh, oh you enter into the crucifixion. You enter into the rest. And then you enter into the resurrection power by the putting off of the body all by faith. In the powerful working, here it is again, Mike, showing the power of the cross, that this is the powerful working of God, 
who raised Jesus from the dead. And the scripture is wanting us to know that this is the power available to the believer. This is the power available to one who, through faith, sees themselves nailed to the tree with Christ and raised with him. This is just remarkable and such great news. Right, Mike? Uh, Eric, I've often said this, but I want to repeat it. And that is, I wish I'd known you, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Because I could say, you know, yeah, I know Jesus died for my sin. I already know that. But look how the Bible and look how you are applying it here. The old Mike died and was buried in baptism with Christ. The old me that was attracted to the trinkets of the world, that was attracted to the beauty of sin, died and was circumcised. My old self was cut off and discarded and thrown away. And this is what I wish I had known. This is, where were you, brother? All my, all well, you didn't want to know me 30 years ago, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a new discovery for both of us. I was still looking for a message like this as well. You know, and maybe someone listening uh, it had in mind like you and I did, brother, where where we didn't think that this message actually could apply to us because our, we had sinned too deep or had sinned too long or had sinned too. But nowhere does it say that in these passages. It simply says that you and I and the worst of sinners, like Paul said, it was for the worst of sinners. Look at that, right? And so you enter in no matter if you are the worst of sinners through faith. That is just simply putting faith, believing this message, you enter in and can be completely free and forgiven uh, to where you no longer desire that which you once did. And I know that's super hard to believe for those that are still in bondage and bound in slavery, because I thought the same way. I really truly thought there was no hope for me whatsoever. I was not believing the message. But our prayer for you, friend, is that you do believe the message, that you don't believe the lie, that this is for somebody else, because this isn't. This is for those who, who believe it. Those who put their faith in it will experience it. One, one lie I was believing is, is that I would always be the same, that for some reason I just had this thorn in the flesh that I could never be free of. Everybody else could, and I saw some people getting free, but, you know, I just kept on in my sin and felt like I would take it to my grave. And yet the reality is that my old self has been cut off. And that's where you find freedom at the cross. Look at your old self hanging there. Look at your sinful nature crucified and buried. And look at three days later, that tomb that had the stone rolled up against it, the stone was rolled away, and you came out with Jesus as a new creation, with a new heart, with new thoughts, with a new life, with a new hope. You think differently. Eric, this is, people, psychologists often talk about the, the thought process of an addict, right, where they continually get 
short-circuited over to their idol, over to, over to their whatever the object of their desire is. Their thoughts, even if they're in a, a classroom setting, all of a sudden their thoughts go toward whatever this object of their desire is, right? And they can't stop that. Here's how you stop it. <laughs> that old self that was attracted to that dies. And the new self rises. That'll stop it. <laughs> that, that will make it so that you have new desires in your heart. Uh, because it's a circumcision of the old heart and an adding, a putting in of the new heart. And that's where you go next, Eric, in Ephesians 1, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Do you know that your heart has eyes it can see? And those eyes just need to be enlightened. Um, and so you talk about Ephesians 1 here, and, and what is the purpose of bringing Ephesians 1 into this discussion? What are you thinking here as you brought this up? Well, ultimately, we're going to connect this as well to the resurrection. But you're right. You're so right. We have to have the eyes of our hearts enlightened so that we might know uh, what is the hope, <laughs> the hope that we've been called to. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance? And here we go. And what is the immeasurable? This is immeasurable greatness. Listen to these amazing words. Immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. There's the connection to faith again. So we must believe this message. According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. So this power, this immeasurable greatness of God's power, the hope to which we've been called to, anyone who believes this message has this immeasurable greatness of his power in his life to raise him up, to seat him at Jesus's right hand. In other words, you're finished from your work, friend. <laughs> because why? We just shared that it is without hands. It was a work of Christ in the heart. And to have our hearts enlightened certainly gives us great hope. We're called to this hope. These, we're called to these riches of this inheritance, this immeasurable greatness of, of God's power toward us is the cross of Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. I love how you used to talk about the immeasurable greatness. I used to think I had immeasurable sins. Um, they were so many, I couldn't count them. Um, they were a lifetime. They were multiplying daily. They were escalating continually, ever increasing sin, sin, sin. And now what you're calling us to look at is the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us who believe. Um, and it's connected to the gospel. It's, connect, it's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. <clears throat> that power is not measurable. You can measure the power of dynamite. You can say how many whatevers it has. You can measure anything man comes up with. But God's power toward anyone who believes is immeasurable. It, it can't be. It's not limited. And, and that's what you're calling us here to look at. That he has more power for you than your sins have over you. He has 
more power to raise you than your sin has to keep you bound. He has more power to raise you from the dead than your own thoughts and your sin have to keep you enslaved and dead. This is what we're saying. God has more power and he exhibited it. He showed it to you when he rose his son from the dead. Mm. That's the power he has for you. Yes. And, and Eric, I, I love that you want us to experience this power. You know, people will say, ah, how do you know Jesus rose from the dead? Well, if you believe history, you believe he rose from the dead. There's more history, actual history, written words about Jesus' resurrection than there is about Abraham Lincoln ever having lived. Um, but it's not history that convinces me Jesus rose from the dead. Mm. It's my own resurrection. Amen. And, and, and I know that I've been raised up from this tomb of, of sin, Eric. I've been raised up with Christ. I, and this is maybe what some people would call anecdotal, right? It's my own experience. But it's my own experience tied to the gospel. And that's what, exactly what you say in question 11. How is this immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe connected to the gospel, specifically to the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Eric, what do you, what do you want people to know? How would you summarize? What do you want them to, uh, to know as we kind of complete lesson four here? Well, what I really uh, loved about everything you just said is you described so well your old life, and then we heard the joy of your new life. So I'm going to use you in it as an example. When Mike, Mike, just a moment ago, you talked about you used to see yourself as your sin as immeasurable, as a mountain of sin. Mike, where's the hope in that? Where's the hope in seeing your immeasurable mountain of sin, just like any other mountain you can't climb up or over. There's no hope in that whatsoever. And you could actually hear it in your voice. I used to see myself in my immeasurable greatness of my sin. But Mike, there was a turning. As soon as you talked, went from talking about your old life to your new life, you know what I heard? All I heard was the love and the joy and the freedom expressed in your words of how grateful you are, how thankful you are that your immeasurable mountain of sin has been crumbled down to nothing because Christ was reduced to powder on the cross for you and that he rose with this great power for you that you can experience the death and resurrection power in your life. And we heard it in your voice. I, 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 I know everyone else heard the love and the joy as you were sharing this incredible gospel, good news with others. And so that's what I want to leave everybody with, that this, your mountain of sin, can be reduced to powder, and in fact was on the cross. And you can see that this immeasurable greatness of God's love and power is for you today. May your heart be enlightened and may you see yourself hanging with Jesus on the cross and rising with great power and seated with Jesus that, you're, that every aspect of your life might change even as I'm speaking. And, and, and that's how I would summarize it, brother. Thank you so much.
That was awesome. Eric, with that, we'll close. It's my hope that somebody listening to this podcast right now would have the eyes of their heart enlightened, that they might know not the mountain of their sin, but the incomparable greatness of God's power for us who believe. Eric, it's my hope that somebody reading the pages of your book would see, maybe for the first time, the love of God poured out on the cross, the power of God infused into the resurrection of Jesus, that they too might become new creations. Thank you so much, brother, for for writing this powerful book. May the church embrace it, spread it. May the church rediscover the power of the cross. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.